Hello. Hello, Bruce Hughes. How are you today, my dear? Hi, Palmer. How are you? I'm doing good. Living the dream. Another day in paradise. <laughs> uh, so your new album is The Talk of the Town. We want to talk about that today. But before we get into that, I want to let the people know about, you know, all your credits and all the stuff you've been doing. Um, you're a founding member of Austin Band's Poi Dog Pondering, Ugly Americans, The Scabs and the Resentments. Those are the list of bands I take to the deserted island, by the way. <laughs> um, and this is what I've always wanted to ask you about. Uh, is that you play, like you play consistently, right, at a couple clubs in Austin, the Saxon, and what's the other one you play? Uh, it, well, it just depends. Currently, currently it's the Saxon, uh, primarily for residencies. And that's just because, you know, the nature of the pandemic shut down a handful of clubs in Austin and Austin's ever-changing landscape of of nightclubs, um, it's a little hard to keep up with, even for people that live here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but, th- but there are, uh, there's another, I mean, there was another club that, I, that I was playing at at least once a month that, that just upended, um, because of, uh, because of the pandemic. And I, I don't even want to mention its name because it's so heartbreaking. I, I don't really need to, to pile okay. on, but there, <laughs> okay. there have been a handful. There have been a handful that have that have turned uh, that have gone under. I'll just say that. And it's wow. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, the Saxon Pub currently is is the place where you can find me consistently. That's super fun. That's one of my favorite places to be, and I haven't got to do it in so long. It's on my list to do, like the first chance I get. Um, I saw on your website, which I love, by the way. I just noticed you did some updates. It looks really cool. Um, you have on there your voted bass player of the year in 2008-2015. Yeah. That's that was, pretty cool. That was, that was real sweet. Um, and if you – I I guess uh, if you – I mean, there's a, there's a lot of controversy about <laughs> – Controversy? <laughs> About the Austin Music Awards and the Chronicle poll and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's recently changed from being, uh, a reader-based poll to, uh, kind of, a, a mix of, of reader and critics poll and, uh, but the, the thing that, the thing that it does, the thing that the, the Chronicle has championed is that it celebrates the music scene and the art scene in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's, it's really kind of unfathomable how strong the support is <clears throat> by musicians and by, and by the musical fan community, uh, for all of the widely and wildly different musical acts. I was talking with, uh, some friends last night. I had a rehearsal and they were like, you can be in, be a part of several different types of bands in Austin, Texas, and be a part of several different types of scenes, musical scenes, you know, with a, with sure. a, you know, accompanying fan base and, and people that, you know, support it. Right. And you can be completely out of touch with another 70% of what's going on in Austin, Texas, just because there's so much 
right. music here, and there always has been. Um, That's so, what I love uh, about it. That's what I miss. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's still strong. And uh, so anyway, it was it, you know it was uh, a super honor to uh, to be celebrated uh, by uh, <clears throat> by the voters and by the by the Chronicle for the Austin Music Awards. That was that was uh, that was a, that was a real sweet thing. I I really love that. Well, I I know that you're loved in Austin. That is for sure. Um, you were on Jason Mraz's uh, big tour in 2008, 2009. Are you going to be touring for your new album at all, or is that still on COVID hold? Or what's your plans? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the process of setting up <clears throat> of setting up shows uh, to begin at the. At the beginning of summer here, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to uh, financially support any any grant touring for this record. I've also, I've also started working on a new one. So, oh, wow. I, so I might, uh, I might be locked down and locked into that. But right now, I'm working on, uh, I'm working on organizing local shows. Uh, with a with a, uh, a combination of players that played on the record and, and people that I like to play with here in town. Awesome, that's great. So one thing I always like to ask is, do you like writing or get inspired more when you're happy or when you're sad? Uh, I mean they're they're both uh, they're both drivers. You know, uh, but uh, I do happy songs. Do happy mood produce a happy song, or can you just dive into a dark song when you're happy? I can. I mean, I I I have a very I have a very different view about about uh, about the work process now than I did ten or fifteen years ago, and and um, and. I literally, I believe, I believe in Isabel Allende uh, when she says, "Show up, show up, show up, and the muse will show up too." Um, I, 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 I like to just, I like to just sit down at the typewriter or the piano or the guitar or you know, however it is, and. Uh, and and try to become uh try to you know try to to quickly get into the flow of it and and not necessarily direct it now sometimes you know things will pop up and they'll say you know they'll go the ideas will pop up and they'll they'll lend themselves to a mood and and i will uh and I'll follow that path sometimes. Sometimes they'll lend themselves to a mood that I'm not particularly feeling, you know. And I go, right. I don't know. Can I, you know, can I, can I get into this? I mean, right. Two days, two days ago, I was all I could do when I sat down at the piano was is was play slower, minor key things. Uh, and I realized, like, I don't feel like that today. I don't know why I'm playing that. <laughs> Wow, and and so I, I so I shifted gears and, and tried to uh, and tried to put something, <clears throat> put put a uh, more of a top spin on uh, on on what I was working on, and it's 
not every day, you know, not every day or every couple of days. Uh, I don't. I'm not always able to access uh, the muse, so I have to I have to continue to to work at it and be available, so I can so, so I can be here when uh, when it arrives. Well, so let's talk about late night Polaroids, which we will give everybody a chance. To get the link to buy later on as we, we close this down, we'll put that on the website too. But um, as I remember, you were when did you get into this? Before COVID, or were you writing during, or how did that happen? Oh, I was writing before. I mean, I've been continuously writing, uh, and some of these songs. There, I mean, there's a whole packet of uh, of songs that that I'll write and. Some of them are of a time, so they don't really, you know, they, they have a little bit of a limited shelf life. And some some will keep popping up as, as more timeless songs, which which I really love. Uh, Dispatcher songs, I actually had started working on, some of them I had written, I think the oldest one here might be from, there, there were, a few of them were a little bit older, 2015, 2016. But I, I was working on a, I was initially working on another record uh, from 2014, 2015, and I kept running into difficulties having people mix it and and getting caught up with other work, and I ended up shelving that record, and then starting to work on late night Polaroids, and I had a huge batch of music from 2000. 17, 2018, that I really loved, and I and I wanted to kind of bring breathe a life into this uh, just kind of complete package of of ideas, and so I started working on it. 2000, I think I really started working on this 2019, uh, and I was getting pretty close the summertime of 2019. I started working on this record. Uh, in the studio and started organizing a lot of stuff and and by the beginning of 2020 it was getting pretty close to being done I had gone to uh, I'd gone to do some work and take a little vacation over in Hawaii and and then the, the news was coming that uh, that the coronavirus flu was you know was creating an uproar in, in uh, Eastern Asia and, and uh, me and my girlfriend were like, oh, we need to get back home <laughs> quick. And, yeah. you know, and I came back home and had a, about a month's worth of work. Uh, and I tried to get into the studio and, and wrap up as much of this record as I possibly could, uh, not really knowing what to expect. You know, and it was, wow, it was, uh, it's two years ago this week, right? When everything kind of uh, shut down right, right around, yeah. uh, St. Pat- Patrick's Day. So, um, so at that point I was almost done, but everything just shut down. Uh, you know, everybody was terrified to, to breathe in each other's presence and, uh, and it was hard for me to get into this. I could go into the studio, uh, and I did, I ended up going to the studio. It was just me and the engineer and, and work on vocals, you know, uh, separate rooms and, and, uh, 
and tried to finish it up. And then after that, everything just kind of broke down. And this is 2020, right? So uh, uh, did it change so your I, process at all? Did you did you make any changes based to maybe the mood you were in or the, the, the feeling of the times at all? Did it change? No, I mean the songs were done. The songs had been okay. written. They were, but they were all you know. But they a lot of these songs had been written from, <clears throat> you know, from the heavy years, the heavy three years right. prior, right. 2017, 2018, 2019. So, you right. know, this, so this, I mean, you can hear it. You can you can hear it, and you know, and how I'm how I'm singing, you know, as the, the illusion uh, of subject matter in songs such as Hotspot and Talk is Cheap, you know, where I'm singing about, you know, despots and the, and the uh, you know, and the, and the, and the, and the, the clock, you know, that's seconds away from midnight. And, uh, and I mean, those, those ideas, those ideas feel even more relevant this week than they than they did two years ago but um enough of that I'll, I'll you know it did change the process the songs had been written and they were almost complete uh and as i, I was looking for uh engineers to to mix it and i had a handful of people that suddenly i could reach out to because nobody was working you know and i'd reached out to a handful of some of my favorite engineers to see uh, if they were interested and open to to doing it, and uh, and in the process, I realized that there was a couple of there were a couple of little details that I hadn't gotten to some guitar some guitar lines and some other things uh, that I could you know that I could do in my home studio. So it was it actually gave me something to do uh, and something to concentrate on during the 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 oppressive time of of the shutdown, uh, you know, the initial couple of months, which was, what do we do? And, uh, and I was super grateful for the, uh, you know, just to have, to have a couple of directions to, uh, to, you know, to put my creative energy in so I wouldn't just running around in circles. <clears throat> but I ended up finishing it up, uh, and beginning mixing it, uh, the summer, the late summer of, of 2020, and because you know studios had shut down, uh, Charlie Kransky, the engineer that that ended up mixing it, he had moved everything from his production studio uh, to a, a studio in his backyard at his house, and he had just had a newborn, and uh, <laughs> and it's an incredible engineer. He literally had moved his mix studio from the studio to a, you know, to to a a small a small building at his in his house, and uh, uh, it said, you know, I I would love to work on this. Also, I have a newborn, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, can we can we yeah. take a little bit I'm on each song? And it was like, oh my god, that's absolutely perfect usually you have you know because of the nature of of time and finance you you really kind of have to crunch everything together to make it efficient economically and when you're mixing a record and this and this particular 
particular chain of events allowed us to kind of sit and uh and live with mixes for a week or two and and come back and and make some semi make adjustments in a way that sometimes you don't have the the luxury of you know of a little bit of time so it was it was a really interesting process that's for sure and uh and I, I I absolutely adore it. I, you know, it, it turned out it turned out really really fantastically in my mind. Well, I've been listening to it a lot. You know, you were nice and sent it to me a while back, and I've got some my favorite song on it keeps changing. Right now, it's "Live Forever." I don't want to ask you your favorite because that doesn't seem right. But uh, tell me about "Live Forever." I I like the lyrics in that, but I want to hear you talk about it. Uh, I mean. I, Live Forever is, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a love letter. Huh. Basically. You know, and it's, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's me stretching my hand out saying, come take my hand, let's, you know, let's, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's do this. Let's live as fully as we can because, you know, when we, when we reach when we reach the end, the one thing that I I always recognize is uh, you know, speak to speak to the older generations. You know, people say, "Oh man, I never should have, I never should have waited to do the thing. I never should have waited to travel, or I never, you know, I should have told her that I loved her. Or why was, you know, why why do I have these regrets? Why did I hold? Why did I wait? Why did I, you know, why did I?" Right. So, uh, so that was, that's basically what the song is. It's like, let's, 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 let's live. Let's live forever because that's all we, ha- we have that. You know, our entire life is forever for us. That's a very good point. Uh, you have a quote so, on the yeah. website from Little Feather that seems to me, struck me as kind of dark. Talk about Little Feather for a bit. <laughs> Uh, what was what was the quote? Uh, I'm I'm curious. I saw your website. I don't have my laptop. Yeah, I don't have my laptop in here. But yeah, was this a lyric from the song? Yeah. Um, well, just talk about the song. I mean, is that do you meant to portray a dark vibe, or did I just pick up something weird? Um. No, I mean, once again, I I think that that I think that. Uh, I think that that is it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of my black humor that's for sure a little bit of uh my 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 morbid humor you know um I think you're we should think about leaving this planet before it gets blown apart yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's it I think that's the yeah <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That <laughs> it's stuck in my head and it's particularly topical these days um, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, and once again, it it little feather is, if anything, it's you know, it's a love song. Um, I started writing, I started writing that song, just trying to assemble. I was I was experimenting with assembling, uh, like created created loops and uh, and and weirdly. Uh, weirdly treated 
sample stuff that I was working on at at, at my home studio, and I I, I love uh, I love Green Gutside, uh, who had a famously had a group uh, called Scritti Politti in the eighties, in the late seventies and eighties, uh, and I I loved his I really loved his approach, and I to almost a mechanical kind of rhythm and blues. It was uh with a with a sweet voice on top. And I and I really loved uh, you know, a lot of the kind of the lost art of the Synclavier and uh a lot of programming stuff that also existed in the eighties. You hear a lot of it on like Peter Gabriel music. Um so that's that's where the song started. Uh, and then the rest of it is, uh, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's completely autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Except for the chorus. And the chorus literally is, you know, it's like we, we really, you know, <clears throat> we can, we could rise above this and float like feathers, I think. You know. I like it. Let's talk about the song you open with, Sweet Children. Um, I like that one, too. That started out my favorite because that's the one you gave me to, gave me first. Uh, so tell me, what's the story behind that? Uh, that is... I mean, I, I loved that groove that, I, that just kind of popped out of the blue, and it was that's definitely a, a happy go lucky kind of stealing uh song. Bubblegum Soul. Bubblegum Soul is, <laughs> is is what I thought of. But literally I I I play with a handful of musicians here when I say a handful uh a baker's dozen. Thirteen thirteen people. We have a group that is um that performs the music of Sly and the Family Stone and Curtis Mayfield. And that's, and that's it. And we get together and, and perform, uh, well, before the pandemic, we were, we were doing a, a monthly residency. Uh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Any plans to restart that? Yeah, we, we're starting it up, uh, at the end of this month, actually. And we'll, oh. we'll, we'll continue to, to do it. And there's a, a bunch of songs that come in and out of the playlist. But anyway, the, uh, we were performing at, uh, at this club on South Lamar, uh, which is one of the clubs that, that we lost to the pandemic here in town. But all of the people that would come see this show were just like old school Austin hippies. And, the, and so they could be, you know, they could be, they could be in the, 50s or 60s, or they could be in their 30s. It didn't matter, you know. They're just—they really just embodied that—that that what I consider a real traditional Austin music fan, <laughs> you know. Really, everybody kind of beats to the march of their own drum. They come down. Sometimes the people wear costumes. Sometimes they don't. You know, people would come and they would just come and dance, you know. And this song, Sweet Children, was literally about all of those people. 
and it was like really? you know huh. and 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 it was but it was also it was also just a clarion call to if you know kind of a continuing continuing idea of mine i had a song called happy to help on uh on shorty and it's kind of the it was kind of the same kind of the same idea for this song I <laughs> which remember is, that. you know that's a fan favorite you, around here <laughs> if you uh you know if you fall down, I'll be right there to pick you up. So the whole thing was, you know, I literally was just imagining my life growing up in Austin writing, you know, writing three speeds with banana seats and, and skateboarding. And then all of the Austin hippies that were coming to see the show. And it just felt like there was this this confluence of uh, of, of childlike wonder, you know. And... uh so that's so that's the song is loosely loosely about that. <laughs> it's but it is bubblegum soul, you know, and, and I and I really wanted to write a song that was that was that was super powerful, uh, super hooky, super melodic, and uh, was positive. And I and I think I think I did it with Sweet Children. Yep, nailed it, nailed it. Okay, let's talk about, let's see what other songs. I mean, I don't think that song is longer than two and a half minutes. Yeah, it is pretty short, yeah. <laughs> what, what about New Moon, or what, what do you have thoughts on New Moon? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the protagonist of New Moon is definitely involved in some international shenanigans. <laughs> okay. Okay. And definitely, definitely on the run. He's on a private jet. He's leaving the country. He never wants to come back again. And uh, and he's thinking of. I mean, I could have written that song last week. Right. You know. Yeah. But you know, apparently there apparently there was a declaration of love to the billionaire's wife, and that's all he can think about. And I think he's flying to the Seychelles or some. Somewhere where he can't get caught. I see. Okay. So, yeah. Um, that was the inspiration for that song. <laughs> but, I also, but I also loved, I loved, you know, musically it was, I, I, I really love, like the, I love the, the Manchester, the Manchester scene, you know, it's like the turn of the 90s. Um, it's like that almost, almost cold disco of the early nineties. The, uh, oh, the Inspiral Carpet. So Happy Monday it's really kind of embodied that for a lot of us. And, uh, you know, it was, and then, uh, it also was inspired immensely by Sheik and the music of Nile Rodgers, who continues to just be an inspiration for everyone. What is <clears throat> that guy's? That guy's forever. So strong. Uh, beautiful girls we haven't talked about yet. Uh, beautiful girls is is just straight up guitar pop about a night that you know. Uh, I think I I think it's you know I think it's a it's about a guy going to a club. 
I see. It's just straightforward, huh? <laughs> yeah, I you know, there's uh uh yeah, it's a, it's it's a guitar pop fable about a night at the club. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh let's see. Let's talk about what's inside your head. Bump. All right. Well, I I'm not exactly sure. I don't know always where these songs come from. How they I mean they 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 start from structure from often from me having a an idea, a little hummed melody in my head or or something. I'll start to kind of I'll start to kind of flesh it out, kind of like painting a background on a on a canvas, you know, and try to see where <clears throat> where the mood is and where the spaces are. This one I literally had a I had a I had a a pretty simple beat but a real wobbly bass line idea. Uh and I love to set stuff up so I can so I can just play. You know, so I literally can can play, be playful. Uh, so I can play guitar or play piano or <clears throat> or play bass in, in regards to this one and, and I and I set it up and I just had so much fun. Uh and I got uh one of my dear friends in town, Jason Altman, is a great drummer, he plays with Chris Sabell. Um and he and I got together and uh and created that uh that that bubbly kind of groove. And, it, and you know, and it had <clears throat> It had those kind of those weird Japanese electro pop chords, uh, kind of Cornelius like. Uh, Cornelius's, uh, I think Cornelius's wife, Takako Minikawa, is also just an incredible, incredible artist. I really loved a lot of her work from the early 2000s. Um, and then I also feel like this song was inspired by Rafael Sadiq and, and Erica Badu. Uh, Texas girl and uh just the way that they set up a lot of modern R&B which is just just real psychedelic and and, and real mind blowing and I and I love uh and I love that uh but and once again it's and what's inside your head's lyrically pretty simple it's it's a uh it I think it I think the song is just basically remarks that <clears throat> that time is immense and also singular, and uh, and it's a song of recognition. It's a song of me saying, "I recognize you, and I recognize it when you recognize me." Uh, so it's a love song, you know, it's a very simple love song, you know, and I was, and I, and I, uh, and it's one of my, it's, it's one of my favorites. I really love the way it turned out. I had, uh, I had my long, my long time best mate, Frank Oral with Toy Dog Thievery Corporation, throw some stuff on. That was another thing about, another opportunity about the pandemic shutdown is I could literally send tracks out to people out in the world, you know, I sent it to him up in Chicago and said, hey, you want to play on this, you know, you put some percussion on it or whatever, whatever you like, and 
and uh and he sent me back he had a he had a Guzang at his townhouse in Chicago, which is like a big dulcimer Chinese dulcimer, and so he played that and then played all the the weird grainy snaps and claps and tambourines and cowbell and like tuned woodblock things. <laughs> wow. He he just did like this this he just like threw this whole basket of, of sounds on it and then I uh yeah, uh, you know, it really made the song come alive. I love that. You know, it's weird that I, I get so much music across my desk and in my virtual mailbox and what have you. It surprises me when certain songs will stick out and I'll wake up humming it or fall asleep thinking about it. But what happened, how does that work for you when you're creating music? Do you think, do you wake up humming somebody else's song or something that you're working on? How does that work for you? Um, I mean, that's a good question. You know, I often think that I have to ask myself that question when I wake up. Is this somebody else's song or is this mine? Do I need to go and, <laughs> do I need to sit down and work on this or do, am I just, am I just recreating, you know? Yesterday. <laughs> that, that's funny. So, okay. So, yeah, so you have a little quiz for yourself in the morning. But Tom Waits always says if you can, if you come up with an idea in the morning and you're still humming it to yourself by by supper, then you, you may have something. something. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, there's often ideas will come like really late at night, really late at night for me. Like on the on the verge of sleep, and I'll I often have to like wake back up and then record stuff. I have voice recording stuff of you know piano guitar from one and two and three in the morning, just because you you have to. I have to. I have to, or else they go away. And sometimes that happens, and I'll record it, and then I'll wake up, and I'll and it will still be present, you know, in, in my. Uh, my short-term forebrain memory. And that's always that's always cool. So let's talk about. Let's see. There's just a couple left. You can't take it back. <clears throat> yeah. You can't take it back. I, I. I am. I mean, the one thing about you can't take it back is. Uh, Is that I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like the chorus is really inspired by Stevie Wonder. I mean, that there's nothing about any of that song where you would listen to it and go, "Oh yeah, Stevie Wonder." I don't think that you. I don't think. I don't think that a normal person would. But for me, <laughs> for me, um, for me, the the chorus was was really inspired by by Stevie Wonder and the way that he the way that his the way that he just was hitting on all cylinders. Seventy four, seventy five, Songs of the Key of Life is just an amazing yeah, era for yeah. Stevie Wonder music. And I love the chorus so much. Uh and you can't take it back once it's gone wrong. You know, it's it's definitely a song about uh, it's a song about careless ambition, I think. Um, it's a, it's a song about 
<clears throat> and I, I think it's loosely, it loosely embodies, uh, somebody who's done something wrong and, and realizes that, uh, that it may be, it, it may, <clears throat> there may be no way out. Often I'm not writing about myself. Often I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking to my, I'm talking to my friends and I'm gathering little snippets of, of their stories and then I condense stuff into another story, you know, later on. <laughs> I never try to be overt about writing about any, you know, anything that's, you know, that's directly close to me, but I think that, that we're all influenced by you know, by the relationships that we have and the relationships that we share with each other, so. Sure. And uh, let's see, Stars is next on my list. Um. <clears throat> Stars is a funny song. That was one where I, I really just kind of started out. Uh, that, that I, Stars, um, Stars is, Stars is me trying to write a Frank Ocean song. <laughs> and, uh, but having only heard, <clears throat> having only heard uh, Orange once and then never listening to it again, I, I, uh, uh, it's a story of drugs and consequences, I think. I see. Um, <clears throat> and I, and I recorded that all here at my house in uh in the back studio room in the course of about two hours. And that's wow. what you hear. That's what you hear on the on the huh. on the record. I didn't uh I didn't add anything to it except maybe the like the the sampled radio signal sound of a of a galaxy, I think. That was the only thing. Everything else was just was just done really quickly. Um, all of the vocals and everything was just done at the house. There was no way I could redo it, so I didn't. Oh, okay. It worked out. Sounds great. Yeah, uh, often <clears throat> I don't think there's. I don't think there's. I've kind of changed that. I don't know. I, somebody said it once. I don't know if there's such a thing as a demo. Uh, anymore. Well, I think you just, you just start creating and, you know, sometimes you want to come back and re-edit stuff and, and make it tighter or clean up, clean up lyrical, you know, debris. But, um, but often where you, when you start, that's when everything is, is at its strongest. That's a very interesting idea. Musically. Um, but yeah, that's, stars is, you know, stars is, is freakish and, and I, I don't know where it came from exactly. All I know is that I just, Followed it. I followed the news out into the dark alley, and and that's what we ended up. <laughs> How did deja vu come come to happen? Deja vu was me working with a handful of uh, a handful of programmable instruments here, and just trying to come up with. Uh, Something was a little bit more electro pop, um, and I and I, was, I really I really love some of the the basicness and the strength of that. You know, it was 
I like uh like early little dragons. Uh just really really simple primary colors and then, you know, really interesting treatment, vocal treatment over that. Um I love that. And uh and Deja Vu is uh I mean it's a it's a story of a you know, a badly translated, a badly translated version of the recent past, I think, is how I would consider it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a, it's a song, it's a song idea that, that many people have, have approached, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, and it was, and that song, that song I finished, I believe that that song was written in, the song was written in 2000, 2019, early 2019, so, um, <clears throat> but it does have, uh, it does have one of my, one of my favorite lines, <clears throat> which is, so said the soul, it's more than bread that feeds us after all. <laughs> yeah, you you are one of my favorite lyric guys. I've got to say that I, you know, it's it's just it's the truth. Okay, so the only song we haven't talked about yet off Late Night Polaroids is Empress of Borneo, which I've been dying to ask about. So, go. <laughs> I mean, Empress is what a that was a that's a, a song about longing and regret. Uh, I think. And it's definitely a, a relationship, a relationship is over kind of song. Um, that is, uh, that's primarily what it's about. I mean, it's also, I think it was, I think I wanted to, I really wanted to write a song that that had almost brill building Elvis Costello type lyricism the, you know the, where you're writing about characters that only popped into the story briefly um and and continued continued the 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 propulsion of of the story i'm not exactly sure you know w- what uh I'm not exactly sure where the inspiration for for this song came from um, but I do know that uh, uh a lot of these songs start a lot of these songs start with uh with a phrase. They start with a sing- with a singular phrase, and Empress of Borneo was from a. <clears throat> I think the song that actually started the the phrase for for that particular songwriting task, the phrase that started it was a pile of buildings. Sure. And uh, and I've been uh, in some form or another have been involved in in a songwriting exercise the songwriting game first with 
with uh, Bob Schneider and Billy Harvey and Steve Poltz and then and then Jason and Mraz uh, and a and a handful of other people all joined the the song song game. Yes, yes, uh, it's infamous. <laughs> yes. And then I was doing it at the same time with with uh Matt the Electrician and and Southpaw Jones. And uh and then I I peeled off and I and I'm still I'm still running one myself and they're they're common in town. People get involved in, in like songwriting songwriting groups, songwriting salon groups. It's very interesting. Uh I have a I have a squirrel. There's a lot of squirrels here in Austin, Texas, as there are <laughs> probably are everywhere. But I have a squirrel that is out uh, on my back porch right now. The, the two days ago, and it's in the 30s today. Two days ago, it was wow. 70s, and and I looked out. I looked out. My I've been painting, my, slowly painting the outside of my house, and I looked outside, and the squirrel had one of my long sleeve paint shirts in its teeth and was dragging it backwards through the backyard like a dog. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? So I just heard heard a knocking on my window and it was a squirrel (laughs) chewing on something on my back porch. I have no idea what it's chewing on. They're they're, they're lunatics. They're so lunatics. So the... uh, yeah, the, the songwriting game is something that I mean I'm still doing it, and uh, and I you know I, except for uh, except for one or two weeks uh, a year I, I I try to write I try to write and finish a song weekly minimum um, just because it's. It's one of the things that gives me great pleasure. I, I love it so much. I, I really do. And and it's and it's not easy. And it's and it's and it's you know it's wicked challenging. And and sometimes it's super frustrating. And and it and it, you know it, it drives me insane. And I love it. <laughs> well, that's uh, you're good at it. So that's uh, that's why. So Empress of Borneo, yeah. It was you know it was it was. Uh, I mean the whole chorus, you know, <clears throat> about pulling apart a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, I have no idea what a silly tear is. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, but it sure did. It sure did match up, and I just imagined, you know, I imagined, uh, I imagined the the woman uh, on the on the throne, clapping your hands, making everything disappear into a, a puff of smoke. Huh. I've wanted to do that before. I know. I know. And 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 you have the power to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Women have the power to do that. Um, but also, another one of my favorite, <clears throat> one of my favorite lyrics is, is, uh, is she walked away she turns and slowly walks. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but she turns and slowly walks away. Her hands are full. The bags are fake. 
Jimmy Chu from Malaysia. <laughs> wow. And I'm not, sh- I'm not sure why that was included, but it's, it is one of the most Donald Fagan lines that I could, I could ever write. <laughs> Literally. That's great. Once that came up, I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta keep that. That's, that's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, that's what a, you know, what a crazy song. And I, and I would say that, uh, you know, it's quite possible that I wrote that song just so I can play the guitar solo. It's possible. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, we covered all the songs, I think. Did I leave anything out? Is there anything else you wanted to throw in here? Uh, no. I mean, do we talk about, uh, and we talk about Hotspot? Just briefly in the beginning, but go ahead if there's, yeah. Uh, I mean, once again, that song is, you know, it it could be now, but it was absolutely about, about the former administration and, about, you know, a rogue despot who would do anything to stay on power, you know. And it's like, can't, <clears throat> so when that, throw all the money in a pile and sit on top, you know, that's just, right. that, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty transparent, that's a pretty transparent little number. That's great. <laughs> and Talk is Cheap, Talk is Cheap definitely has the, <clears throat> the same, the same vibe as that. Uh, it's a romantic political romp through the slag heap of the last <laughs> eight years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, it's been really great to talk to you about this album. I, you know, I was looking forward to it for so long, and I was honored when you gave me a preview of it. And we've been getting great responses from it here at the station. Everyone seems to really love it. So I want to make sure that you. Um, Get me a link. I've got to say that you guys have been incredibly, uh, incredibly supported. And, uh, I mean, the, the root has, I feel like, I feel like you're playing, I feel like you're playing a song or, or two almost daily, which is just, which is astounding. Uh, I can't tell you how much that means to me and, and how much I adore you guys. I listen, to a very few, very few radio stations. One of them is FEEP, uh, which is a, uh, a combination of, of DJ chosen tracks in France. One of them is KUTX here in Austin, Texas. And the other one <clears throat> is you guys. Oh, wow. Well, we are honored. You know, we only our rule around here is we only play the best, and we're definitely on that list. And um, you know, I fell in love with you and what you do before I realized you were part of Poidon Pondering, which I listened to years before I even met you or knew about you guys there in Texas, and blew me away when I when I learned that connection. I mean, seriously, it was uh, one of those moments, you know, where everything just came right together for me. <laughs> it was strange, but. Um, you know, I, I hope I get to see you live sometime soon. Whether I go to Texas or you guys head out to Florida, it's probably less likely because it's about to get super hot here. Now, is but, that where you guys are? Is WNRM in Florida? Is that where you guys are? Yes. Yeah, right now we're we're in St. Petersburg, right downtown. 
really cool little, oh, right. really cool, beautiful little city we're in here. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I have some was, news for you. I just did, I just did a, a string of dates with, uh, with my friends in Poydog, uh, last summer, uh, end of summer and on to the fall all the way into November. We, I, we did a, a handful of dates all around the country and, uh, and I'm, I'll be doing some more dates with Poydog later this year. They're getting ready to do some shows in Chicago next week, but, uh, but I've already committed to doing, uh, uh, to playing the third weekend of September in New York City at La Poisson Rouge with Toy Dog. Uh, I don't think that show, I don't think that show's been announced yet, but it will be, uh, apparently when you broadcast this interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, we, we will, uh, keep everybody informed. It's super awesome. Or maybe, so, I don't know how if I should announce it. Honestly, we may have to edit this out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, no worries. Digital editing is super easy these days. Um, that's great. So, you know, I know you're super busy because South by Southwest is going to start there. I know that's a madhouse when that's going on. But super fun, though. I wish – I'm kind of jealous. I wish I was there. Uh, I mean, guys, I, I'm, I'm not as busy with South by this year as uh, – as in some previous years, like the last time I, I think, I feel like the last time I saw you was during South by Southwest over at Threadgills. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, but Austin is definitely embracing it again. Uh, you know, from the film festival, which has started this week, people are already in town, comedians and also the, the interactive, <clears throat> the interactive, uh, part of the, uh, part of the convention which is uh which is a really interesting way uh people can can introduce new technology and and, and the ways that that you know twitter was announced here during the south oh, wow. southwest interactive conference and uh and so there's a lot of stuff that that occurs here you know there's and it's and it, but it, the the really cool thing is that it it feels like um, it feels like we may be on you know the safer downslope side of the pandemic finally and and people are people are you know you can kind of feel that that uh, people the just the joy of people rejoining the community. Uh, it's so funny you say that because before the pandemic when. When they canceled South by Southwest, that's when I knew things were serious. You know, I like, I cannot believe they canceled that festival. It's such a big deal. You know, so many people involved, so much money comes in from it. Uh, that's when it got serious for me. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when, <clears throat> and we knew, we knew here that, you know, that it was, that it was, that they were taking it serious. And that's, you know, I, I I feel you. I agree with you, and I, I felt the same way. And that's that was something that was that I both recognized the uh, the care that was put into that decision, and also the terror that uh, that accompanied that decision, which was yeah. we can't see people anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was something. We just that just happened. <laughs> that just happened. Oh my god, that's it crazy. did. Yeah. And you know. But it's not the first time, and you know, and and luckily, you know, we have 
historical documentation of, of you know, of incidents that uh, that are similar, and we can you know we can observe and observe our own behavior, and we can observe the pathogens you know lifespan, and and uh, you know we we have we have tools you know one of those is you know factual historical documentation of 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 how we respond. Thank God, yeah, we're here now instead of 1917, 1918. Right. You know that where where tens of millions of people died <clears throat> because there was no vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. super grateful to be alive right now. I am, and I'm super grateful to be alive right now talking to you. <laughs> WNRM the root. You're the best, Bruce. I'm so happy that uh, we could make this work and find some time to talk and promote your new album that I really love. And I want to make sure that you send me a link so that I can get it to everybody listening so they can buy your new album and okay. support the arts and stuff like that. And definitely...